0: Yeah, yeah. There wasn't many. There wasn't no. There wasn't many shots. But after that, in the second, they they threw a lot of uh, pucks at me and and kind of helped me get going. So, no, not at all. It, it was uh, it wasn't too too complicated, and it, 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 you know the team played well in front of me, and, and you know enough to get a great win, a big win at home. It is an action packed Sunday afternoon here on the program. We've got at three thirty, Patty Trainer is going to join us to preview Giants Cowboys. Four thirty, you know him, you love him, Bart Scott on the show previewing Jets Raiders that is a Sunday night football affair a game that you can hear on this station on 98.7 ESPN, Dan Grasa, Greg Buttle will take you through the pregame show. Then, of course, Marty Lyons and the great Bob with and will have it cooking live from Vegas as the Jets, with their season on the line, playing with an opportunity to keep themselves alive. And in that playoff race, uh, they will take on the Raiders. But before we get to the football, and I promise you there is a lot to hit because this one o'clock window has just been fantastic. O- outside of, of one game, uh They're all pretty interesting. You got the Vikings all over the Saints. And by the way, if you're a Jets fan, stay away from, if you have the NFL package, don't watch Vikings games. Do not watch the Minnesota Vikings play football because it is going to annoy you to no end. Guess who right now, after hanging 31 last week on the Falcons, has hung 27 on the Saints? That would be none other than future Hall of Famer Josh Dobbs, who the Jets could have very well had at the trade deadline. Uh, Minnesota got him for a six-round pick. Guess who right now, as a quarterback, is second in rushing yards? behind Just amongst all the quarterbacks. That would be Josh Dodds behind only Lamar Jackson. So once again, he's doing his thing. uh, A quarterback that was right there for the taking. Arizona was floating him. They were selling him at the deadline. Got a sixth-round pick for him and the Jets, who— Continue to send out maybe the worst quarterback in football, though Mac Jones is trying to make a case that he is actually the worst one. Uh, they continue uh, continue to send out Zach Wilson, but we'll be all over the football at 800 919 Quickly, I do want to touch on the Knicks just because, look, they win this game today 129 107 over the Hornets. Uh, shout out to, to Don LaGreca and Monica McNutt on the call. Don sounds awesome doing these Knicks games, man uh so they they get the win today it is uh a victory that puts them over the 500 mark for the first time all season and 5 and 4 doesn't scream celebration doesn't uh, scream parade doesn't s- scream something you should be you know calling calling your friends and raving about but when you consider they've played one of the toughest schedules to start the year you'd absolutely take it and in those first couple games you know, something was off about this team, right? Like, Randall didn't look like himself. We then learned he was dealing with some ankle soreness uh, because of the surgery he had this past offseason. And since then, he's kind of found his form. But the Knicks have been playing well of late. They've won three straight games, beat the Clippers on Monday, beat Wemby in his debut on Wednesday. And today, they took care of business against the Hornets, who we know already was drawing dead to start this game. And then once Brandon Miller went out with that knee injury or ankle injury and ended up being— we knew that, that they were cooked. But this is a team right now that, look, we can all go to the knee-jerk reaction of over overlooking the season and big picture of you don't have a superstar, you're not winning a championship. Because that is the way to accurately assess teams in the NBA. And when it comes to the NBA hierarchy, uh, the cost of not landing said superstar means you are not in the conversation with the box and with the Celtics and you know even the Sixers are playing well right now might be the best team in the Eastern Conference the, the Suns the, the Nuggets like you're not in that conversation but the benefit if you can take some solace out of what transpired this offseason or what didn't happen for the Knicks was they were able to pretty much return their entire team that right now looks like early on the on the season is clicking on all cylinders and defensively they're number two right now uh, in defensive rating, and you would expect that from a Tom Thibodeau coach team. But last year, we saw some of a, uh, a bit of a regression in that aspect. But they're playing stout defensively. I mentioned Randall. He's come along of late, and I love the fact. And, and Nick fans like to rip on him. I get it. The playoff shortcomings just anger you to no end. But this guy, you read uh, Stefan Bondi's reporting, courtesy of the New York Post. This was a guy who was dealing with some soreness and sounded like Nick Coaches wanted him to take games off. And he said, no, I'm playing, which is something you have to respect. And it's a little sad that guys playing basketball, we've come to now praise them for it. But considering where the NBA is and they've got to institute rules to get guys to actually want to be out there on the floor. The fact that Randall every single game is showing up, not making excuses, not complaining. Dealing with the, the, the ramifications of the injury from last year, I give him a lot of credit for it, man. I, I, I give him a lot of respect for that. And and today, started off the game well. He finished uh, with 23 points, five rebounds, five assists. And early on, it's like you watch these Sunday matinee games, these early starts, you expect the team to come out a little dysfunctional, lethargic. And that was not the case for the Knicks, uh, they came out firing. Jalen Brunson cooking today. Thir- 13 first quarter points. And he got it he got it rolling for the Knicks offense. But the person I really want to highlight is RJ Barrett. Because look, you guys know, if you've listened to me, I have been a harsh critic. And I I I I've deemed it fair because when you're the number three pick in the draft, we can't treat you with kid gloves. We got to take the handcuffs off. All these excuses we kept making for this guy. When we've seen the flashes, we've seen him for spurts in a season drop 25 to 30 points. So I I felt like the criticism was warranted. But I'm watching this guy to start the year, and I'm thinking, is he an all-star? Maybe. He sure looks like it. Because, like, certainly he's been one of the best players on the team. That's a fact. And he missed a couple games, and you, you know you were wondering if that was going to throw him off. But he's come back, and he's just oozing with confidence. And what you love to see ab- ab- about R.J. Barrett is like the, the game plan for him, everyone is preaching, play downhill, play downhill, get to the basket, which only works if you're able to, when you get to the free throw line, hit it at a high clip, which he had not done in the past. This year he's up to 87% from the charity stripe. Then we say, if you're playing downhill, at least give defenses something to honor. Because the jump shot, you're like, you're never going to be Staff or Clay or KD. We don't need you to be that. We don't expect you to be that. But can you be someone who just gives a defense something to consider when they're guarding you? And this year so far, is shooting 40, uh, 47% from downtown. Now, are these numbers going to continue to stay where they are? highly unlikely, he'll cool off a bit, but as long as you avoid that precipitous drop-off to where he's now regressing to the player he was in the past, you'll sign up for it. But I've loved watching this guy play and you're seeing the Knicks make a concerted effort to not just make him part of their offense, but feature him as an important guy. And that has to make him feel great. That has to do wonders for his confidence. Because in the past, what have we lamented? We've talked about you know, him being on the court with Brunson, who's obviously your your floor general, your facilitator, with Randall who demands the rock. Like it's gonna be hard for him to get those touches. And then you go to the bench, quickly's coming off, and he's firing off shots. But the Knicks have have made that adjustment and you wonder like what comes first, the, the chicken or the egg? What comes first? The production or us believing that he can be the guy that we want him to be in our offense. And 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 they have given him a lot more responsibility. And to his credit, he's taken advantage of it. And he just looks like a completely different player. I got to be honest. I did not expect that from him this season. Because even if we were wondering, like, it's year five. Like, this guy, at some point, you are what you are. It was the Daniel Jones conversation over and over. It's clicking. Now, you got to see it. You know, sustain itself over the course of a season because that's one of the things with RJ Barrett, and that's what separates the good players from the great ones, right? That level of consistency. But for him, it's it's been fun to watch. And back to like the, the Knicks bringing back their their entire roster, it's cohesive. There's chemistry on both ends, gang rebounding, guys knowing where to be in their offensive sets, and that comes with great coaching but also familiarity with the players you're you're on the court with. And also, like, as elementary as it sounds, liking each other. Like we do the whole, you know, Villanova-Knicks. The fact that they've got all these guys on the same court together, they come from the same background, the same school, there is something to, you know, likability adding to a team's chemistry. And I've just enjoyed watching this team, you know, play basketball so far. So 5-4, and four, certainly not going to... You know, throw a, a parade or have a celebration, but you'll take it. When you look at the first ten games of the of the year, which continues in their next one uh, tomorrow night when they're in Boston to take on the Celtics, who have cooled off a, a bit after that fiery stretch five game road trip: Boston, Atlanta, Washington, Charlotte, and Minnesota. The two games that are the toughest, obviously, are the ones. That are doing the sandwiching. It's tomorrow against the Celtics and then that final game in Minnesota against a, a Wolves team that right now, man, I hear folks calling them a fringe contender. The way Ant-Man is looking, like D-Wade with a three-point shot and Rudy Gobert is tapped back into that defensive bag he had when he was in Utah before all the overrated chance started to, to rain down on him. But those are the two toughest games on the slate. Atlanta, the Knicks usually handle pretty well. You've got Washington and Charlotte, who you just blew the doors off of. And that's your five-game trip before returning home against Miami, Phoenix, and Charlotte. So if you're a Knicks fan on your way home, we want to hear from you. 800 919 I always get these, like, random players who become my favorite to watch. Isaiah Hartenstein just brings everything to the table. He's got energy. He's got rebounding. He's got that fire. Passing ability is a bit underrated, especially when he gets into those uh, pick-and-roll situations. And then he brings you defense. He had a block in the first quarter. And then also the scoring element to it. How about LaMelo Ball? Another guy who just does everything. Awesome. Hitting threes. I mean, the zip passes, threatening the needle. The wizardry with the basketball. You're, you're just... A, a young guy with tremendous upside. And, you know, the noise with Lavar got a little annoying because, you know, he he was, uh, I guess, doing too much at times. But his sons, Lonzo, it sucks he can't stay healthy because when Lonzo was healthy, the Bulls were a good team. But his sons are living up to the hype, living up to the hype. 800 We will get to the NFL because uh, what a, a 1 o'clock window we had so far. And then, of course, the Giants are in Dallas taking on the Cowboys. 17.5 point dogs. Jets on the road taking on the Raiders. In a game they have to win to keep their season alive. So still a whole lot to get to. 800 919 3776 We're going until 6 o'clock. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Ty Butler. Instagram as well. So let's roll. Let's cook this thing. Till 6 o'clock, right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty
1: Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN.
0: If you're a Panthers fan, how are you feeling? Uh, it, it, it is a tad bit premature to render a verdict on the career of Bryce Young. Uh, he was the consensus number one overall pick. Everyone loved him coming out of, out of college. Like I, I didn't feel like it was all that controversial. But then you look at the season he's having, and part of it is not his fault. They've done an awful job You know, putting together an offensive line, uh, having some creativity. And Diana Rossini reported that their owner, Dave Tepper, is not happy with anything that's happening right now. Uh, So there could be some pressure mounting on the first-year head coach, Frank Reich. But C.J. Stroud is a star already, and we know it. Right now, they're up in this game 20-17. to Uh, Bengals were down by 10, but just scored a touchdown. So that's going to be a fun one in the fourth quarter. Ten seconds left in the third. But C.J. Stroud, again, 260 through the air, one touchdown. And the key is that he's not turning the ball over. At least today, coming into the game, hadn't been turning the ball over. He had a bad red zone fumbled snap that cost him three points. But you look up, man, and the Texans with a chance to get to 5-4, and uh, and this would be a fantastic win. It's just an incredible win coming off of what we saw last week in that heroic uh victory against the Buccaneers where CJ Stroud drew, um you know drove them down the field for a game winning touchdown. It's just been awesome to watch him into play. <laughs> and we you know me as a Jet fan, I always relate everything back to how how it you know looking at it through the lens of, of being a fan of this team, he's already special. And you've had Sam Darnold, you've had Zach Wilson come out, and after one year, after two years, excuses are made. Well, not enough weapons, needs time to develop, and then there's, bam, a star already in Houston with the Texans. By the way, if, you, if you're if you paying attention to what's happening uh, in Baltimore with the Browns, so Deshaun Watson had a first quarter where he threw one for nine, and it was the worst uh, completion percentage he had had in any quarter of his career. They're down 24 to 9. Their offense has clearly been a mess all season long. And the only reason why they're 5-3 and three is because they might have the best defense in football. But Deshaun, once again, goes back to the locker room. He's dealing with an injury. And this is going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. Just a comically bad uh, decision by Cleveland. A desperate organization looking for some type of cachet, but you took a chance on a guy who might just be cooked, might be shot, and he had all those off-the-field issues, and somehow you thought it was a, a good decision, it was sound to give this guy a $230 million guaranteed contract? Just, I mean, just despicable. Horrifying. Meanwhile, the Ravens, I mean, what else do they have to do for us to just say, yes, we're watching... The best team right now in the AFC. Because the Chiefs, being the Chiefs, five straight AFC championship games. We know the resume with Mahomes, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. As long as they have the triumvirate of Reed, Mahomes, and Kelsey, doesn't matter how bad the offense looks. You're always going to convince yourself that they'll find a way to figure it out. And like, imagine, and their defense is awesome. So imagine saying or being the person who says, Yeah, I don't believe in Kansas City because of their offense. Like, it sounds ridiculous. But if we're just going based on early season resume, how is Baltimore not the best team in the AFC? I mean, they, in a game we thought was going to be fun, they just smoked the Lions, destroyed the Seahawks. And now they're blowing the doors off of, uh, of the Browns. And I didn't mention this. Deshaun, second player of the game, throws a pick six to Kyle Hamilton. So Baltimore on the door, uh, doorstep of improving to 8-2. and two. Their schedule is about to get tough. But right now I think this is the best team in the AFC. Just want to give you a quick look at the scores. I mentioned Josh Dobbs continuing to ball out. Vikings up 27-11. to 11. Justin Jefferson did not play today. He's battling back from that hamstring injury. But the window for him to practice opened this past week. And it's starting to trend toward him being able to make his return. Maybe we'll see him uh, next week. But that would just be a, a big win for the Vikings to improve to 6-4 and four and stay alive in that NFC playoff picture. And who would have thought that? Before the season, we said the Vikings were going to stink. Trey Kirk Cousins at the deadline. And Kirk Cousins goes down. He, you know, he tore his Achilles, and they're they're able to keep things afloat. Bringing in Josh Dobbs, so they're up right now twenty seven eleven. Packers and Steelers involved in, uh, I guess, a game of consequence. Steelers, we know, having an an enormous advantage on defense. They are five and three, and I, I I think I saw it's the first time in NFL history that a team is above five hundred, despite being outgained in each of its first eight games. So that speaks to coaching, that speaks to some good luck, but also an incredible defense. They're up twenty to nineteen on the Packers, uh, Buccaneers up seventeen to six on Tennessee. Baker Mayfield did throw an interception in this game, but that offense has uh, been cooking up. Uh, so they've hung 17 so far on the Titans and then the Niners. We we thought this would be closer. The spread was only three points in this game, and for Jacksonville it was an opportunity for a statement win. Because we were we were sold on this team being a, a dark horse threat to win the Super Bowl. They get to six and two, but it didn't feel all that impressive. You come out at home and, and beat the Niners, and you're on a six-game winning streak, and you're the hottest team in football, we can't ignore you anymore. But right now, they're getting stomped, and they can't stop turning the ball over. And then who would have thought, once the Niners started getting healthier on offense, Brock Purdy would start to look like himself. So they're up 27-3. to uh, Browns just scored a touchdown in a two-point conversion, so they've uh, shortened that deficit. It is now 24 17 Let's go to the phone lines. Let's hit Ira in Staten Island. What's up, Ira?
2: Hey, what's happening, Ty? How are you? Doing so, well, man, what's going on?
0: Watching
2: So watching some football takers, of course, our Jets are on playing until tonight. Yep. And it just infuriates me more. You're just talking about quarterbacks. I'm 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 popping on the Steeler Packer game and I'm watching these two young quarterbacks mm-hmm. and both of these teams just marching up and down the field. And you look at some of the other games, look what Stroud he got off to an early lead. I know Cincinnati's coming back. Yep. And you know what? Even if we beat the Raiders tonight, do we look at what we're asking for our quarterback to do. We're just asking him not to mess it up. We're not talking about him moving and, and, and throwing for 300 yards. Just don't make a mistake and let the defense win games. How sad is that? And I, I found out from somebody today that the Jets, they were... They talked to Carson Wednesday yeah. before he signed, and yep. they didn't. They didn't go after him.
0: Yeah, I, Diana I, Rossini I had that. Diana Rossini had a report yesterday, uh, where she stated that. Uh, barring a disaster, they're not planning to bench co- uh, quarterback Zach Wilson, which is hilarious. Because uh, barring a disaster, did you not watch the Giant game? Did you not watch the game on Monday Night Football against the Chargers? Uh, but that Ian, Ian Rapoport followed up today by saying the Jets were indeed contacted by Carson Wentz's camp to see if they wanted to sign him after that loss against uh, Las Vegas or Los Angeles on Monday. He was on their short list, but they said no, they were going to stay with Zach. It, it, it's mind boggling. I, I, just, I, I just don't understand it. And, and I see some mini put out that
2: Ball's a number two. Simeon's not dressing. I mean, do you realize if Zach comes uh, uh, gives us one of his stinkers tonight, do you know the outcry from the fan base? Yeah. I mean, it's been bad already. I mean, what, what Woody Johnson as an owner has to come out and give an explanation. He, threw, he owes it to the fan base. Here's no, what I don't – Ira,
0: here's what I don't understand. If you listen to Sala, did he, and he did that interview on the K show where he had to plead I the fifth it. and he's fumbling, did he sound like a guy who thought Zach Wilson gave him the best chance to win? Absolutely not. Not at all. How, how do we know no. that? Not just because of what he said on the K show. We saw last year he benched him three times. That told us all we needed to know. Does Joe Douglas believe Zach gives him the best chance? Of course not. How do we know that? They traded multiple first-round picks for his replacement. So I just can't figure out why you're still sticking with this guy when you had three different ch- opportunities to move on. Before the season, after the first game, and then at the, at the trade deadline. And every single time they decided, nope, we're good. Even though you got a defense playing out of its mind. It's it is organizational malpractice and it is uh, it is a blatant sign of disrespect to that defense.
2: A hundred percent. And this is all on the owner. And I don't know if you brought this on any of your shows, you know, on the 15th, they want your money for next year's tickets. And they've they've increased tickets. My tickets went up 25 percent. Now, I'm not crying the blues here. If I don't you know, nobody's forcing me to buy them. Of course, I I, I am going to renew them. But where did they come off jacking up 25% and this team's falling man. apart and they can't even find ways to kick a field goal during a game?
0: Yeah, man. I, look, I appreciate the call, Arrow. I'll be thinking of you tonight watching the game. I was listening to uh, Jimmy Trainor's podcast a couple months ago, and Charles Barkley thought, uh, brought up what I thought was an excellent, an excellent idea. Teams should not be allowed to raise ticket prices if you either finish under five hundred, and or you miss the playoffs. That should be a rule. And I think it would incentivize, you know, teams to go more out and not tank and and, and try their best to actually put a representable product on the court and on the floor, or on the field, whatever the case may be, given the sport or the ice in the NHL. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I see the phone calls coming in. We will get to you. But coming up next, we've got to go to um, Dallas and talk to Patty Trainer, who covers the Giants. Preview this game. I got a whole lot of questions for her, just because. The season is over, but is there still something to play for when it comes to this Giants football team? So we'll get into that next with Patty Trainer right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is
1: the Ty Butler Show on 98.7
0: ESPN. Giants in Dallas to take on the Cowboys. We go to the phone lines to bring in a very special guest. She's a publisher and writer for GiantsCountry.com and also does awesome work for Sports Illustrated and she is Patty Trainer. Hello, Patty. How are you doing today?
3: Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for
0: having me. Thanks for coming on the program. So I, I want to start here. It, it, it's easy right now for us to just close the door on the season. It's over. Giants should tank. But my question to you is, is there still something to play for? Like can this still get to such an embarrassing level? that the owner of the team, John Mara, looks at this and now he has questions about his front office and his head coach?
3: I mean, you can look at it that way. I mean, as far as what there is to play for at this point, I think guys are playing for jobs, you know. The last thing you want to do is you want to necessarily nail it in because, look, you're putting tape out there for the rest of the league to look at. So if you're a coach and you're you're not putting together the best possible game plan – if you're a player and you're not giving it your all, how reluctant might your next team be if you're not on the team next year to hire you? So I think, you know, as cliched as it sounds and, and, you know, it sounds like we're giving up here, but they're playing for pride. And I think, you know, that includes showing ownership that they're committed to being part of the solution moving forward.
0: How would you evaluate the job that Brian Dable has done this season? And I get the cards are stacked against him, right? Like bad offensive line. He lost his quarterback twice. And the second time for the season lost his backup quarterback. So he's playing a third stringer. Uh, so what, what would you say about the job that uh, the reigning uh, head coach of the year has done so far to start the season?
3: I think I would describe it as not as good as last year. There were a lot of head-scratching decisions that Dable has made, and you can go back to the spring, that just left me wondering what he was thinking. What You know, why did he make these decisions? I don't feel like this team was really ready to play in week one. And, of course, they came out and they got punched in the mouth by the Cowboys. Um, you know, there was some roster decisions, you know, jamming square pegs into round holes. There was the, the mishandling, in my opinion, of some of the injured guys. Like, for example, last week, why was Daniel Jones – You know, coming off of a three-week absence due to a neck injury, why are you having him do a tush Mm -hmm. push? So Mm -hmm. I I just think there's been a lot more questionable decisions made by Brian Dable this year than there were last year.
0: Patty Trina is our guest on the show. Speaking of Daniel Jones, I I I think that first of all, it's heartbreaking for him because you know we had gone into even last week thinking about you know the Giants, they're going to be in position to draft a quarterback. But Daniel Jones kind of had that decision in his hands because if he had played great the rest of the season, won some games, he would have taken the Giants out of contention for a quarterback. But now all of a sudden he's lost for the year, so you speculate about his future. What do you see as far as Daniel's future is concerned with his organization and elsewhere?
3: Well, I, he's got a heavy cap hit next year, so I don't think he's going anywhere. It, it, Worst case scenario for him, he's a very expensive, Backup, pretty much how Eli Manning was in Daniel Jones' rookie year. Um, You know, now if the Giants draft a quarterback, which I think is a very realistic possibility that they have a top five draft pick, Daniel Jones will probably get to compete with the guy, assuming he is healthy. You know, that's the first thing, obviously. You know, when is he going to be healthy? Everybody heals at their own rate. Um, But if he does get to compete with the guy, you know, at at that point, you got to say, look, if you're drafting a quarterback, you know that that's in the top five. You're probably going to want to play that guy over the guy that you, you've given what five years now, six years, whatever it is, and who just hasn't been able to make it work. Not all his fault, mind you, but you know you can't have him as being blameless either.
0: So how would you how would you grade his performance this year, Daniel Jones? Did you see a regression in the limited games that he did, I did play?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I did see a regression. I mean, he looked indecisive. He looked skittish. Um, There were some throws that he would airmail to receivers. I mean, again, go back to last week. There were a couple throws to Jalen Hyatt, the speedy young receiver they had that he absolutely just airmailed. A better throw would have been, you know, maybe six points for them. So, yeah, there there definitely has been some regression with Daniel Jones. Now, again, playing behind an offensive line that's been very leaky with its pass protection. But that being said, you've got to be able to process faster if you're a quarterback, you know, because there are things that, you know, a quarterback can do to kind of mitigate some of the the leakiness on the offensive line. And then there's some things that, you know, you just have to roll with the punches. But, look, I credit Daniel Jones. He, He never put his head down. He always worked hard. He tried to make it work, and I don't think it just has worked out for him.
0: Patty Trena is our guest on the program today. All right, so what are your expectations for this game? We, we know the Cowboys coming off of what was a tough loss in Philadelphia, so they're going to try to you know make up for that today against a Giants team that's down to their third-string quarterback making his first career NFL start. The spread is 17.5 points. You're just you know, looking at what that offense is going to be able to do against a really talented Dallas defense. And Dak, of course, has won his last 11 games against the Giants. So what are you expecting to see today?
3: Uh, not very positive about the Giants pulling this one off. I mean, the Cowboys haven't lost back-to-back games in the regular season since I want to say 2020. The Giants have not sacked the Cowboys, and I think you know the last three games that with Link Martindale as the defensive coordinator, um, the Giants. You know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, they're a wounded animal. They're going to come out fighting, but you know, at this point, I think they're just struggling to stay afloat, keep their head above water here, and You know, I'd like to see a more competitive game than than we had in week one. I do think they'll, you know, score some points. I don't think it'll be many points. I would be pleasantly surprised if they upset the Cowboys, but I just don't see it.
0: And as far as, like, the the rest of the season is playing out, we all understand that it is in the best interest of this organization. They're not going to come out and say it, but – you want to capitalize on a nightmare season by getting the highest draft pick possible. And the Giants are in a situation where uh, there aren't too many wins you're looking at on, on this schedule. But with Tyrod Taylor coming back, maybe that can change. I, I, is he going to get his job back when he becomes healthy? If he is deemed
3: healthy, I think he will take over. You know, unless Tommy DeVito lights it up. So I think, yes, you've got to say, okay, you know what? Tyrod, I think, is with the best out of the quarterbacks so far that have played for the Giants. So you've got to give some serious thought about giving him the job back. Now, I don't know. Tyrod's got, I think, three more weeks to be on IR before he's eligible. But if he has uh, broken ribs, and I don't know for a fact that that's what he has, but that's what I suspect he has. I don't know how – smart it would be to put him back there behind a a leaky offensive line where he could potentially, you know, do more damage to his ribs.
0: And my last question for you, we're talking to Patty Trainer here, is, um, so with this team going forward, you know, Saquon Barkley, that's going to be a big question in the future. You know, what does his contract situation look like? I thought they should have traded him at the deadline because it didn't come across to me that they were interested in getting into a long-term marriage with him. Do you see him getting that long-term extension that he that he coveted last year or or is this pretty much going to be the end of the road for him
3: i could see it potentially being the end of the road for him i mean look he's been here since what 2018 and they haven't really won with him in the lineup now i know he's had injury issues um he's another year older he had another lower body injury this year i would be very surprised if the giants give him a big money deal a long-term deal, you know, do they maybe look to give him, you know, to offer him two years with an out after one possibly, but, you know, at that that point you got to say to yourself, okay, what's our priority here? Do we, you know, for bringing in a new quarterback, do we focus on the offensive line building that up? Do we focus on the defense? What do we focus on? I don't know. To me running back, you know, I I can see the value of the position, but I also think it could be a a bit of a luxury when you have so many needs, you've got to fill.
0: She does an excellent job covering the Giants for GiantsCountry.com and Sports Illustrated. Hit her up on Twitter at Patricia underscore trainer. Uh, Thank you for joining the program today. Enjoy the game. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. 800-919-3776. We will get back to your phone calls. Bart Scott's going to join us at 430. Big Jets game on the docket tonight. Sunday Night Football, second consecutive a uh, nationally televised primetime game for the New York Jets, for better or for worse. And we'll see if they show up tonight. So that's going to be a fun conversation to have with Bart. But we want to talk to you, 800 919 Hit me up on Twitter, Ty D Butler. Instagram as well. Week 10 is here. We're having some fun right here on 98.7 ESPN right now. And that AFC North title is looking like it's going to be one that they can just dream of, but it's not going to happen because the Ravens right now, continue to look like, again, the best team in the AFC. They look like the best team in the AFC. The Chiefs get it just because of the status, just because we are conditioned to think that with Andy Reid, with Mahomes, and with Kelsey, regardless of how that offense looks, especially because they have a stout defense, We're just going to give them the crown, but the Ravens, to me, have the best resume. They're up 24-17 on the Browns, who did lose Deshaun Watson in this game to injury once again. How about the Niners making a statement? Uh, Brock Purdy heard all that noise about Sam Darnold possibly taking his job. Uh, They're up 34-3. This wasn't all Brock Purdy. That defense has come to ball. Purdy has three touchdowns, but Lawrence, two interceptions, and they also got a fumble, so the defense of the San Francisco has forced Turnovers three times on Jacksonville. They're up by 31 in that game. 20-6. to Tampa Bay leads the Titans. Steelers up four on the Packers. That's four minutes left in that game. Once again, the Steelers, first eight games of the year. Outgained in every game and so far... They are above 500, which has never happened in NFL history. Vikings up 27 to 19. Derek Carr went out with an injury. In came Jameis Winston. He throws a touchdown pass. So they've made things interesting late in the fourth quarter. And once again, Texans up 10 on the Browns. Uh, on the Bengals, I should say. 809 3776 three seven seven six. Let's go to Spike in St. Pete. He joins us on the program. What's up, Spike? Nice to get
1: it uh, twice in, in two days. I'll just real quick on the basketball, the football, we'll see what happens. Uh, so the Knicks will uh, beat teams below them, equal to them. They're, they're top three in defense so far. They're a very low turnover team. Uh, now, listen, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Rozier was out for Charlotte. Now, Man. they're not a good team. Memphis, and, they lost, and
0: they lost Brandon Miller early in the first no, quarter I, because I, of the ankle injury.
1: I got it. Rogier played at Louisville with uh, Montrez Harrell. They were a pretty tough team. And Rogier's a scorer, you know. He's just, he could put the ball in the bucket. Remember Steve Clifford coaching at Delphi? That's, that's how long ago. That had to be early 90s. And also, when I recall, before you took uh, the giant uh, uh, inside person, the lady, uh has been calling since early 90s, uh, And I feel for him. You hear it in his voice. You you just do. You know, you hear it in his voice. Uh, He's ultra optimistic, and then they just beat it out of you. I don't understand. You know what it
0: is, Spike? It's a toxic relationship. We show up every single Sunday ready, motivated, talking ourselves into being optimistic only to be let down. And this year you had every reason to believe they were – not just going to be a good team, but could be a contender. And the quarterback goes down four plays into the season. And then it's but, just yeah. been the same old mess that we, we watched the same, the same game they played on Monday night. We we saw that every week last year, yeah. which is why it yeah. sucks.
1: It's tough. And, and you know, I'm very friendly with Buda and Jose and, uh, you know, the Joe Douglas thing, uh, he got himself a five or six year contract. He was an offensive lineman. Uh, it was okay. And, uh, you could get all the, all pros, safeties, and I think uh, Sauce a, seems like a great kid, but he's not playing as well this year as he did last year. For whatever reason, he's still very good. You know, and
0: no, they just, I, I, I disagree with that. They're not throwing at him. Sauce, Sauce no, has okay. been tremendous. Well, well, he's grading out tremendous. Run. They just don't throw to him.
1: I'm trying to learn more about football, and I'm looking at these analytics and trying to figure it out, so I stand corrected if I'm not viewing them properly. I look at the basketball analytics, and, you, and your point on R.J. Barrett, and again with Jose, you know, we have a little clique amongst us. We talk amongst each other, and we love to break down the games with Larry and Gordon. But, but the truth is, with, with the Knicks, uh, R.J. Uh, Barrett changed his shot, he, I won't go technically. You played ball, so you've noticed it. He he is more aggressive, uh, going downhill. He, he's probably top ten in the NBA, getting to the free throw line last year, shooting 71%. You shoot 80%, 78, mm-hmm. 80. Look, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, two of my all-time favorite players ever, ever, were under 80% free throw shooters lifetime, mm-hmm. and and they're. They're mere mortals in this game. I mean, LeBron so out tonight, by. by the
0: way, with the calf injury against the Blazers, so he's not going to play. Yeah, oh. I, yeah, he's he's not going to play tonight. He 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 hurt his wow. calf in that Suns game, and he still found a way to finish it. Scored 32, yeah. uh, eleven and six, and helped them win. Yeah. I appreciate the call, Spike. I got to run, Me but uh, uh, yeah, I, the Knicks. I, I said it at the top of the show, man. They've been fun to watch. Five and four. It's not going to blow you off the page, but considering how tough the schedule has been to start, you will sign up for that every single time, and it's not just about the record, it's how it's unfolded. It's the fact that they did go toe-to-toe opening night with Boston and should have won that game. The game they lost in Milwaukee a couple Fridays ago, the in-season tournament game, they just got daisical in crunch time and let Dame just put them to bed. That's a game that, that they could have and should have won, but, you know, it slipped through their fingertips. 5 and 4 you take it. RJ's looked fantastic. He's confident. The Knicks have made more of a concerted effort to involve him in their offense and he is he is doing everything in his power to make people like me who question him go out there and say, "You know what? Not that I was wrong. I was right to question him, but you got to change your stance because uh, he looks like he's an all-star right now." You you don't want to go nuts after 9 games over the regular season. But he is playing all star caliber basketball. You love to see it. Julius Randle, I hate the fact that Knicks fans rip on him all the time. He plays every single game. He's a double double machine. Every year he's in the all-star conversation. He's been there twice in this uniform. And after a slow start where he was dealing with some ankle soreness, he he's been playing well. And then you know Jalen Brunson's gonna do Jalen Brunson things. But the total team effort, they put up a buck twenty nine today. Their offense is humming because they've got chemistry. Quickly's coming off the bench, and today he looked like Steph Curry. Uh, It was awesome. It it was fun to watch. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Noel in the car. What's up, Noel?
4: Hey, Ty. What's going on? How are you?
0: Doing well, man. What's going on? Talk to me.
4: Not much, man. Listen, bro, Uh, you know, I'm going to switch the conversation a little bit to the Jets, and, you know, it's like trying to figure out, a novel. It's like trying to figure out like a story, right? Like a mystery, you know. And there's two things going on here that I've boiled it down to of why we haven't gone and put a formidable quarterback into play, or you know, went out and got somebody. Listen, it's like the really attractive, hot girl. You know, you shouldn't be dating, right? <laughs> and you know, you let her get away with a lot of different things, yeah. right? Because she's super hot, right? We got to be careful with Aaron Rodgers because. I want analogies, don't get me wrong. But something's telling me, he's telling Joe Douglas in, in the brass at the Jets, listen, I got this, I know I got hurt, you know, we'll roll with Zach, I'll teach him, I'll coach him up. When I leave, he'll be ready to step in. And he doesn't want that pressure of a formidable second, you know, a second quarterback, you know, in the locker room. Is he that much of a control freak?
0: Why would see? Know, I, so people yeah. keep floating that out there, and they leave leave no alone because I wanted to go back and forth with him, but people keep floating that theory out there that Aaron Rodgers is somehow both arrogant, but you know, arrogant enough to feel like he can fix probably the most broken quarterback in football but insecure in a sense where like he can't handle uh, someone else being better than Zach Wilson in that locker room. I, like To me, that, that's not making sense in my head. Why would Aaron Rodgers feel threatened by anyone in that quarterback room? He's Aaron Rodgers. He's a four-time league MVP. He's a champion. Like, he is a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. And regardless of who you bring under center to replace Zach, uh, Aaron's getting his job back, like that. That's that. That was never a question. So why would he be? If that's true, I'm not saying it is, but I've heard a lot of like callers throw that out there. If that is true, why would he be so, you know, married to Zach Wilson? When, in all quiet honesty, if we are to gravitate toward this like fantasy, where Aaron's gonna make a miraculous comeback if the Jets are in the playoff hunt, Zach's hurting that. So you've got, an, you've got an opportunity to do something special. I mean like all-time sports history type special where you come back from a torn Achilles and you lead this team to the promised land. But the only way you can get there is if the baton is handed over to you. The problem is that the person currently holding that baton is fumbling and can't run so why would he be so invested in Zach to the point where it's crippling his opportunity to do something that's never been done before? That's what I can't figure out. 800-919-3776. So Noel's back. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Noel, I wanted to keep you on hold because I wanted you to go, go back and forth with me on that. Like, why would Aaron be so invested in Zach? Like, explain that, how that makes sense in your head.
4: Yeah, it's like it's like, you know having your cake and eat it too, right? You know, he's not going to surpass you. You know, there's never going to be a question of, you know, who's in charge, right? You remember in, 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 in Green Bay, when they drafted
0: Love, he was, he was really upset. Yeah, but that's that, but he was not, he was not upset because he felt threatened by Jordan Love. He was upset because, and rightfully, he was in the midst of Green Bay's championship window. They had a bunch of veterans on that team. They're winning the one seed. Yeah. They're getting home playoff games. He's winning MVPs. And instead of you drafting for need, like helping your skill position players because Devontae needed a threat opposite of him, instead of doing that, okay. you traded up to draft a, a, a quarterback? Like, that made no sense. So that that's why he was upset. I don't think that's applicable here. Yeah,
4: and I I don't think, honestly, it's, it's a hoop dream. For him to collect torn Achilles at 40, uh that quickly it it sounds good it keeps the buzz around in the locker room maybe gets more wins out of the guys because they have something to to to, to fight for but i i truly don't want to see him back this year because if he gets out there he gets hurt you know it gets turned up in the playoffs i hear that you know you just can't come back and he gets hurt again and there's a problem i'd rather give him give us a whole full year next year now my second point if i can get this across listen I bought this up on a Barton Hahn show. I bought it up on a different shows four weeks ago. People are saying, "Oh no, never! That cannot be the case." Let me tell you something, and I hope I'm not killing any sponsorships. But Zach Wilson's uncle owns JetBlue Airlines.
1: Yeah, we, we JetBlue we're...
4: Airlines is a corporate sponsor of the NFL. The whole NFL, the whole entire NFL. So. I don't understand why, you know, if this is something that Woody's doing is coming from the top down, as far as Salah's response on the Michael K show, it's not in his control. So it could be something like that, a little bit of nepotism we're dealing with, because this does not make sense. Maybe. And and I'll leave it there.
0: Maybe, Noah, and I appreciate you calling back, man. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe that an owner can be that inept where you clearly see you have a championship defense that is ready to roll. You have a locker room that is on the brink of being fractured because for the second straight season, they could make the playoffs, but the problem is they don't have anyone at quarterback who's capable of simply putting points on the board. I find it hard to believe that be, like simply because of nepotism, you are electing to punt on making the playoffs. You are electing to put your, your team in danger of being fractured. You're in danger of having the head coach lose it. Lose his locker room. Lose his authority. So with all that being said, I just can't buy into it. 800-919-3776. Hour number two coming up next. We'll get more into the Jets, talk about the Giants, keep you updated on what's going around the league. Still a whole lot to do. Bart Scott at 430. Keep it locked right here on 9870 ESPN.